Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the 10th and Broad Church of Christ podcast. Today's message is presented by Ken Holsberry, the preaching minister at the 10th and Broad Church. Let's tune in now for Ken's message. I want to share my heart with you a little bit this morning. In the sense of, I was thinking earlier this week, not in preparation for this sermon, just in a different context that led to some preparation for this sermon, but I was just thinking about, right now in my life, if I could ask one thing of the Lord, what would it be? And and I have a lot of things that I would ask the Lord about my family, I have a lot of things I would ask, but the thing that honestly is on my heart right now the most, if I could ask anything, if I could ask God to do anything right now, it would be that I would ask God to bring revival to our nation. I grieve over the state of our nation. I grieve in so many ways for things that I, I see and that I hear. And I would I ask God. In fact, it's not that I just would ask God. I do ask God on a regular basis that He would, that he would revive us. And I ask Him selfishly to start right here in this church with this group of people and that he would revive us that he is reviving us and that that word revival would would spread to our city and that he would revive his people in this city and that it would spread to our state and it would spread to our nation because we so desperately need it the answer to every ill and woe and problem that exists in our society is jesus christ and him alone And I pray to God that more and more and more and more people would give their life to Jesus and would follow the teachings of Jesus and would obey him and and live for him. And if, if if that happened, if our nation in some way there was a revival and there was just this massive turning back to God, blessings would just flow out of that and pour over the whole land. And and our our. Everything would be, people would be better. Marriages would be stronger. Couples would keep their vows. And, and that would be a blessing to their children. And, and divorce would become less of a problem and less of an issue. And all of the things that flow out of that would, would begin to decline. Families would be stronger. Children would grow up with a mama and a daddy, and that's the way God intended it. And that's, that's the, where the blessings most richly flow. And if that's not your situation, and you're doing the best you can following the Lord and raising your children and that, I am thankful for you. But I would pray, and I think you would too, more than others, that what God designed would be the norm. Our schools, our neighborhoods would be stronger they would be healthier life would be so much better for our teachers amen society would just function better there would be a better work ethic there would be less corruption immorality would decrease as people realigned their moral values with what god has written for us in his scripture and so i pray to god that there would be a revival that large numbers of people would turn to Jesus. Because God has done it before. And He's done it in many places. During many times. The whole concept of revival is just that it is a time of increased spiritual interest and renewal 
in the life of the church because revival always starts in the church with God's people. God wants to revive his people first because the outflow of that is revival for others. But revival is just a time of increased spiritual interest and renewal in the church that has local and national and even global impact. And we see revivals in scripture. We may not recognize them for what they are, but we see revivals in scripture under the leadership of Moses and Joshua. There was a revival. God was at work in a really dramatic and significant way of creating this people and leading them into their promised land. We see revival later in the history of God's people under the leadership of David. We see it under the leadership of Hezekiah. We see it under the leadership of Josiah. The nation had declined and it had turned away from God with all the implications that go with that. And under those leaders, there was a renewal. There was a revival and the people turned back to God. We see it in Acts in a such a dramatic and, and wonderful and spectacular way. So we see revival of God's people in Scripture. We also see revival in history. The ones I'm going to share with you are, are mainly among English-speaking people because that's usually the history that we read, but it's been true all over the world. But in the 1700s, there was what is called the First Great Awakening, and it was an extended decades long period of a time where people just turned back to God and committed their lives, recommitted their lives, realigned their values and, and followed Jesus wholeheartedly all over Great Britain. It spread to the American colonies. There was re, what is called the second great awakening in the 1800s. That was, again, a time of, of massive revival and, and realigning and the restoration movement that churches of Christ and Christian churches are a part of had its start in that second great awakening. So we are the product to this day of God bringing revival to a nation. Uh, in the first decade of the 1900s, there was a huge revival that started in Wales and, and spread to Great Britain. There was, uh, after World War II, there was a real sense of revival in America after going through that war and churches began to really grow more active in evangelism. Churches had a real impact on their society. Our own congregation saw some of its greatest growth during that decade, even to the point that as we grew here, we planted churches around our city. That's revival. But recently, God is still doing that. He's doing that all over the world. In the 80s and the 90s, there was a massive revival movement in China that has created probably the largest church in the world because of the revival that God did in China. There's currently, and I'm so thankful that God has uh, connected us to this. There's a revival going on in our own hemisphere that tens of thousands of people are giving their life to Christ and that movement is sending missionaries that we get to be a part of. There's a revival happening right now. The church is growing faster in Iran than any other place on the earth. So God is still doing that and I ask God to do it here and that's not just some pipe dream or a theoretical thing that I wish God would do. I ask him to do it. And I, I'm like the old preacher who held his hand over his open Bible to Acts and he would just pray, God, do it again. God, do it again. And that's what I pray. That is one of the reasons that I feel so passionate about awakening. Awaken for me is one of those tools one of those ways, those avenues 
that we can participate in, that I believe can be a conduit for revival. I believe it can start here. And I believe it can start with us. And if you have an outline and you want to follow along, the first blank I want you to fill in is that revival always starts with prayer. Throughout history, we can see it in Scripture, we can see it in history. When we see a revival, we can back up and we can find in very specific ways that there were people of God who were on their knees with all their heart praying for God to do it again. Revival always starts with prayer. God does all the work. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. But He uses people to spark. And prayer is usually the thing that invokes that spark. And so we're about to enter into a season of very committed, very dedicated prayer. We're going to spend 30 days in fasting and in praying. And we call this season Awaken. Awaken is a movement of prayer and fasting. You can see this on the banners behind us. You can fill it in in your outline. Awaken is a movement of prayer and fasting focused on unifying the church to strategically pray for and bless Wichita Falls one person at a time, because that's still how God works. God transforms societies, but He does it one person at a time. And so that's the season that we are entering into, and we are going to be asking God to awaken in the church an awareness of the lost people around us, and to awaken in the lost an awareness of Jesus. So we want God to awaken us, and we want God to awaken our friends and our neighbors and our family members. This is the third year that we have participated in Awaken. The first year we partnered with Welch Street and our two congregations spent 30 days fasting and praying. We all identified eight people that we love and care about that we want to see find their way back to God. And we prayed for them. Last year we had nine churches who participated in Awaken. And we did it a little differently. We prayed for, by name, every person in our city. And that was a great blessing. It was different because we didn't have as much of a connection to the people we were praying for. But I'm glad that we did that. I'm glad that our entire city for a month was covered in prayer. In fact, I just this week got an email from a lady who sent me a picture of a note card that one of you wrote. And you said to her, I've been praying for you for 30 days. And she said, I don't know who prayed for me, but I've kept this card on my refrigerator for the entire year. And I have no intention of taking it down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for praying for me. This year, we're going to go back. We have eight churches who are participating with us in Awaken. And we're going to go back and we're going to pray for people we know. We're going to pray for eight people. And we'll talk about that here in, in just just a minute. But we're going to pray for people that we want to find their way back to God. And folks, that means everybody. Because everybody started with God. God is the creator of every single person. He is the father of every person. Every person is a child of God, whether they know it yet or not. And so we want to be the kind of people who help other people find their way back 
to God. And so I hope that over the next few days, you'll be thinking about people that you want to pray for, people in your life, people that you know, that you love, that you care about, who right now may not have any relationship with Jesus Christ. Or maybe they have had and they've wandered away. Whatever the situation, it's somebody on your heart and on your mind that you want to help find their way back to God. And the first step to doing that, the first step to blessing them, if you remember that sermon series, is that it begins with prayer. And so we're going to pray. Awaken is going to start this Wednesday. Wednesday, February the 1st. It will continue for 30 days through Thursday, March the 2nd. And you can go to Awaken Central out here, the table in the atrium, and you can pick up the resources that you need. There's one of them, I'll tell you about it, that costs $5. The rest of them are free. We want everybody to have one and everybody to participate. So I just want to walk you through, the instructions are in that folder, but I want to walk you through this morning how to get ready for Awaken. What to do between now and be ready Wednesday morning. And the first thing is to read a few pages in a little book called Revival Starts Here. Revival Starts Here is a little yellow book. If you've done Awaken before, you should have that book. Go find that book. Pull it back out. It's the best, most simplest information and instruction on fasting I've ever seen. And it was created for Awaken. And so you can read the whole book pretty quickly. But the folder gives you some specific pages to read that will help you decide what your fast is going to be for the next 30 days. Fasting is something we've been growing in as a church. We've been practicing and participating in. If you've not done it before, if you've kind of watched and sat on the sidelines, I'd really challenge you to let this season be the season that you begin to fast and practice this incredibly biblical practice that Jesus taught us, that people have done, people of God throughout the ages. Again, that little booklet is so helpful. If you don't have it, if you've Done Awaken and you can't find it, or if you've not done Awaken before, it's available and it's $5. And it'll help you decide how you're going to fast and what your fast is going to look like. I'm just telling you because I want you to know that I'm practicing what I'm preaching. What I've decided is I'm going to fast from television and social medias and this stupid game that I play that just gets me so distracted. I'm going to fast from that for the, for the 30 days of Awaken. And I'm hoping and praying that I'm going to use my evenings much more productively. I'm also going to fast from one meal a day. Fasting in the Bible is almost always about food. It doesn't have to be, but it's in the Bible it's about food. So I'm going to fast from one meal a day. And I'm going to use that time that I would normally eat to spend in a really intense prayer over the eight people that I hope will find their way back to God. So read Revival Starts Here. Choose what your fast is going to look like. And I want to say this morning that fasting, I want you to think about fasting this way. Fasting is a way of putting something down so that you can pick something up. It's putting something down for the Lord. Putting something down so that you can focus on God and you can seek His face in a very unique and focused way that you will change some of your habits, change some of your routines By giving something up, by putting something down so that you can pick something up. And this year, I want to challenge you in a a really specific way. Not everybody will want to do this, but some of you will. I want to challenge you with something that you can pick up 
along with me. And what I, what I want to do is, well, I'll tell it to you this way. Last Sunday, I was talking to Mackenzie Box. And I said, Mackenzie, tell me about the Passion Conference that you and Landon went to at the beginning of the year. Tell me about that. Mackenzie, she had all kinds of things to say, but she kept talking about this one speaker. And she said, Ken, his whole message was on being bound by the Word of God. And she said he did the most amazing thing. During his message, he began to quote. And before I knew it, he had quoted the entirety of Romans chapter 1. And then he kept going and he quoted all the way through Romans chapter 8. He had so bound himself with Scripture that he knew Romans 1 through 8. And I thought, well, that's incredible. And it really impacted McKenzie. And so I said, okay, McKenzie, you were impacted by that. What Scripture are you memorizing? And she said, Ken, I'm memorizing Romans 8. Well, folks, I do not believe in coincidences. I was kind of taken aback at that moment because Mackenzie had no idea, but I've already been preparing and planning that during Awaken and for a few weeks afterwards, my sermon series is going to be Romans chapter 8. And Mackenzie said, "That's that's what I'm planning on memorizing. So this week, I've been praying about that. I've talked to some other people and what I'd like to ask you to do with me is when we put some things down in fasting, that gives us some room to pick some things up. And what if we memorize together Romans chapter 8? Over the next, it'll be about eight weeks. And in your outline, I've even given you what the sermon series is going to look like. And we'll just take sections of Romans 8 each week. We'll memorize those. The next week we'll add to those. And by the time we're finished, I hope that we will have Romans chapter 8 hidden in our heart. That God will speak to us through His Word that we're memorizing. And that it would be something that we could speak to other people to bless them and encourage them and challenge them. If you'll remember when Guy Hammond came, he talked about how to fight his daily temptations, he has memorized Scripture. And Chad, in the question and answer, asked him, Guy, how do you memorize Scripture? And he said, one of the things I use is an app called Verses. Okay, somebody's saying, yeah, somebody remembers that and they've used it. Paul and I used it for a little bit. Didn't stick with it, I'm ashamed to say, but we used it for a little bit. Okay, again, I don't believe in coincidences. So I'm kind of researching that that app again this week. Paula calls me while I'm preparing the sermon. She says, Ken, I just got to tell you something. She's been doing consulting with this company in Kentucky. And she's really liked the guy that's in charge that she's been dealing with. And she said, I think he's a Christian just based on interactions I've been having with him. And so she began to look him up a little bit. She said, Ken, again, she didn't know that I was preparing this. She said, Ken, do you remember that Versus app that guy talked about? She said, the guy I'm I'm working with consulting, he's the one who helped create that app. Again, I thought, okay, Lord, I think that you're in this. I think even I'm smart enough to begin to realize something's going on here. And so I want to encourage you. To download, if you have an iPhone, they only have it for iPhone, but if you have an iPhone, download the Verses app. And it uses interaction and games and stuff like that to help you memorize Scripture. We'll be doing this together. If you don't have an iPhone, in your outline, I've also given you a website that has about five different apps that you could download to help you memorize. So what a great thing that it will be at the end of Awaken, the weeks coming after that. That because we've fasted and we put some things down, we've made room in our lives to pick up the Word of God. And as a church, have Romans chapter 8 
in our minds and, and own our hearts. So I would challenge you to join me in doing that. Okay, the third step is for you to fill out your prayer card. And this is, again, this resource is, is at the table in the atrium. On the back of it, it has eight circles. It's the place that you will write the eight names for the people that you are fasting and praying for, that they would find their way back to God. I have a lot of stories I could tell you, but I'll tell you one that hit me this week. Again, I'm pretty slow, and sometimes it takes a while for things to connect with me. Last year, we prayed for the whole city, but we still had those eight circles on our card. I filled in my eight circles. I prayed about who I wanted to put there. And I had one blank left, one circle left. And at the very last moment, I wrote a name in. And I really don't know why I wrote that name. I mean, I would, I would give credit to the Lord for that. I, I don't know specifically why I wrote that name, but I did. So for the month of Awaken last year, I prayed for those people, and this person was one of those. It didn't even dawn on me until this week. That person is in one of our D groups. Not in mine, in someone else's. And they didn't know, and the leader of that D group did not know that I had prayed. But God answers our prayers. God desperately wants to save people. He wants every one of his children back in relationship with him. And I know and I believe that when we pray and when we join him in that, he will work. He will act. He will move. And he'll do it. And sometimes we'll recognize it. And sometimes we'll be dumb like me. And it takes us a year to recognize it. But God will do it again. He is doing it again. He will honor our prayer and our fast. But God's not the only one who's going to be paying attention. Satan's going to be paying attention to you. Because he actively does not want people to find their way back to God. And he does not want you to participate and give this kind of commitment to God. And I was reminded this week. By the way, when I share stories, I get permission to do that. So I don't want you to think that if you just tell me something, I'm going to get up here and tell it. I get permission ahead of time. But I was reminded this week that last year, Sharon Brown was very excited about awakening and she had got her list of people in our city to pray for she had filled out the eight that she was going to pray for she had made a commitment to herself and to god about the fast that she was going to practice and on the very first day of awaken sharon came down with bell's palsy and i remember going to the emergency room and hearing sharon say to david Satan will not keep me from keeping my commitment to God. And I will fast and I will pray. And the doctors came in and they talked about medicine Sharon needed to take and the fact that she needed to take it with food. And she said, I'm not going to be able to do that for the first 30 days because I'm going to be fasting. And David said, are you sure about that, Sharon? Sharon said, I'm sure. And Sharon kept her commitment. And she prayed and you prayed and God answered those prayers. And she and David found out about a procedure that folks in Wichita Falls didn't even know about that she was able to get done. And God 
relieved her of that Bell's palsy. And she's not had another problem since. But Sharon recognizes that that was a work of Satan to keep her from doing what God was prompting her to do on behalf of people she knew and loved that she wanted to find her way back to God. And so I just encourage you with words that the Holy Spirit gave Peter. Stay alert. Watch out. For your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. And in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Jesus Christ. So after you've suffered for a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation, all power to him forever. Amen. Okay, those are the things you need to do to get ready in the next few days for awakening. And then starting on Wednesday, the other resource that you'll use that's free and is out at the table is a little book, a 30-day devotional guide called He Made His Dwelling Among Us. That book, over the 30 days, will take you through the Gospel of John. And every single daily devotional was written by somebody in Wichita Falls. We put this book together. About four people from each of the congregations. So there's, you're going to see some names you recognize. There's four folks from here. And you may recognize names from other churches. Who took the passage, prayed about it, wrote a devotional about it. And then at the end of it, the thing I've always loved. And that we made sure to include this time. Is that there's prayer prompts. To give you some specific ways every day to pray. For, for yourself, for, for us, but for the eight people. Because if you're like me, you kind of get in a rut. And I just keep praying the same thing. And finally I just... Say, well, God bless them, and he'll do that, but I want to be more specific. And so at the end of every daily devotional, there's some specific ways that you can pray. If you have any questions about any of this, don't hesitate to ask. I want everybody to participate, and I'm excited to see what God's going to do in us and among us and through us. So I want to ask you to stand, if you will. Marty's going to come and lead us in prayer. And I just ask that God would bless all the churches who are participating in Awaken. I pray that He would draw us near to Him as we fast and as we pray, as we put some things down and as we pick some things up. I ask God that He would awaken us to people around us who He's already at work on and in to draw them back to Him. And I ask that He would awaken them to His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I ask that He would awaken our church, our city, our state, and our nation.